Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies or television. I'm your host, Christian. Join with me is my co-host, Ian. Hey, what's up, guys? Joseph. Yellow. Jehu. What's up? You're so disappointed. I am. Uh, (laughs) I just want to be first. I want to be acknowledged. You'll always be your wife's number one (laughs) until you have a child, and then you'll be forgotten. (laughs) This week, we're going to be talking about our review and experience at Pensacon 2019 last week. Uh, Three of us were in attendance. Someone is banished. I am banned from Pensacon. <laughs> wait, wait. Banned Why are you banned from Pensacon? Well, we can't, we uh, can't go into it because oh, we don't want to ruin our relationship yeah. with Pensacon. <laughs> First, we're going to talk about kind of our individual experiences, things we like, things we didn't like. I did something about Siri. Also, my Siri's an Irish woman. What's <laughs> <laughs> your name? Friday. No, that would be awesome. Shit, I didn't think of that. That's so much better. Yeah. My my Siri calls me asshat because my friend Zach got a hold of it so one time. We're gonna have to obviously delete all this. I changed the name of my phone to best podcast ever so I could airdrop the podcast at Pensacon last week. So now it's my phone calls me best podcast ever. That's awesome. Yeah. Leave it in. However, if you delete that, that's, that's a traitorous I, move. I tried to do it multiple times, but Strangely enough, people don't like accepting airdrops from strangers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll talk about uh, just cons in general. So anybody want to go first? I mean, no. I'll start off like, <laughs> it was my first con ever. It was a lot more people, like, th- than I thought. I didn't know, I had no, no idea what to expect. So, like, I was walking in, like, completely, you know, blind. And, um... Popped your cherry. Li- first thing, I was expecting to be like ninety five percent guys and five percent girls, and Wrong. it was not. That that's a thing that's really changed over these yeah, last few years. It was like 60, 40, 65, 35. Like there are way more girls than I thought. Um, way more people dressed up. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? In costumes. Uh, and the age range, I thought it was going to be like fourteen to twenty eight, but there were. 10-year-olds to 60-year-olds dressed up. You know what I mean? There have, there have been old men who've been keeping their weird in for a long time, yeah. waiting for it to be socially acceptable. Yeah. We and, uh, me and Jones interviewed a nice guy who was dressed up as one of the ring race. And, I mean, he, he, he I didn't see his face, but he, he was definitely older. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, he had his teenage daughter with him. Yep. So I thought that was really cool. Some of the costumes for, like, people making them. They're incredible. Yeah. Like, really good. Like, you know, I heard... The Shazam costumes cost like a million and they made 10 of them. <laughs> Hire one of those motherfuckers. They can do it probably with some paper mache for like 50 cents, you know? But so, um, some of the great ones, uh, Ariel. Yep. Yep. Uh, was really awesome. She also did a really good job. We asked her some questions about the upcoming live action Disney movies. She, she gave some good answers for. Yep. Uh, the, yeah, the whole Lord of the Rings like family because he was the ring wraith. His daughter was Frodo, I believe. Yep. I mean, they, and the they, wife was an elf. Yeah, yeah, Galadriel, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Um, Obviously, we, the five hundred first. It came yeah. came to party. The they girl, do. the girl who was the Imperial, Imperial Guard, officer. Yeah, yeah officer. Yeah. One, her, you know, costume was excellent. She also had the demeanor of an Imperial Absolutely. officer. She was very like resolute, standing there, very straight faced the whole time. There was a family who were um, from Firefly. It was like Captain Reynolds. Yep. But they were good. I mean, there was a lot of really great cosplay there. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was I, a good amalgorithm of all nerd things. That is not a word. <laughs> you know Amalgamation. What I mean? yeah. that, was a, that was an extra Ian word. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> amalgorithm of all I'm nerd things. I like the word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wrestling. There, I mean, there were wrestlers. There was anime. There was video games. There was comic books. Like... It I saw a little, Jack and Daxter. Jack and Daxter. Yeah, it was like a good Did like. They? I didn't yeah. see that. Melting yeah. pot. You know, yeah. something I know how to say. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, have heard of you ever been any other cons? Oh man, yeah. Yeah. Okay. My my first con I ever went to was like in the late nineties, and uh, it was Dragon Con, and like it was one of those things where you know the first day is just so exciting and weird, and then by the third day it's very much. Oh yeah, there's a blue naked guy right on. Who gives yeah. a shit, you know? But uh, but I mean, cons can be fun. I I definitely turned on cons a while back. You know, sort of what we were talking about earlier. There was like okay, the sort of influx that the superhero movie boom brought in was just a lot of bros, and it got really broy in that scene, and I was not digging it. But you know, cosplays kind of changed that, and there's all you know, there's a whole lot more variety of mm. people now and stuff like that. So I'm not as 
anti-con is although I'm not really, I'm not really missing it or anything. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, <laughs> but uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I've I've done my time in the trenches. <laughs> yeah. So outside of just like you know the the wandering around, seeing all the the different people in in their costumes and their fan bases, and it just one of the fun things that I really liked is they have all the different panels mm-hmm. with uh you know different groups from different fandoms. I know we went to uh, the Batman the Animated Series that was one, a great with, one with with fucking Kevin Conroy. Yeah. That that's mainly the only thing I'm sad. And I Kevin Conroy was from. great. <laughs> What's the the one of my favorite parts about that panel was how just nonchalantly he goes into Batman voice mm-hmm. just for things. And he was he was totally into it. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there are people that we're like we went to the Power Rangers one too where those people were not as into it. They did okay. You know what I mean? But Kevin Conroy That one was, like, was ridiculous. Yeah, like he was happy to be there. Like he was yeah. totally like I, you know, into it. You I, know? I think there are a lot of people that are that are genuinely touched by the amount of people that like you know the, their material their work resonates with um and i I, th- I think you know for some people it's overwhelming they don't want to deal with you know all these people mm-hmm. asking them questions but for some people they're like oh man i feel like i've really made an impact and i definitely feel that's the way that kevin conroy came well, to it the, the dc animated stuff from batman animated series superman animated series justice league justice league unlimited that's my favorite shit ever sure. i'll give it the pepsi challenge with anything so it's really cool you guys got to see that shit yeah, he, he's still Batman because he mentioned when, at the end of it he's doing the Justice League and the Fatal Five, which is like the next yeah. animated movie. And I mean, which he is, still voices Batman today, yeah. which is set in the DC animated universe universe. And also, he I think he still does Justice League action. He, hmm. I don't know about that. I know he does the Arkham games. So well, I mean, I know he's yeah. the voice on Justice League action. I just don't know if they're still, still making going. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing I really enjoyed about that panel was, and that I didn't know in learning there, is that they they recorded that with everyone in the room. Yeah, they you know did yeah. it together. Like, then they talked about how it was like the opportunity they act against each other and stuff like that. That's super interesting. I know. Yeah, but, I know Mark Hamill famously uh, records like standing up, mm. as opposed to everybody else has like stools or whatever, and and he just uses uses the room, right. uses the space. I can believe that about yeah, Mark Hamill. Absolutely. Yeah, like the girl said, she's from a theater background who was poison ivy. And she was like, usually you're new to anime, you're just in a booth talking to yourself. And she's like, when you're in a group like that, you know, it's like acting is all about reacting. So like, I could totally see where like, you're going to get a better performance mm. if you record it all together. You yeah. know what I mean? So I thought that was cool. It was um, very interesting. You guys went to a short film yeah, festival, Yeah, they, they, right? had, they had uh, smattered throughout the weekend at, at different times. They had uh, little 45-minute sections of short films you know, of different genres. We went to see uh, some of the sci-fi ones. And you know they're not they're not all necessarily like Hollywood quality, but uh, one of them definitely was. Yeah, yeah, one um, of them was totally. We we thought yeah, it was sci-fi TV movie level. Yeah, uh-huh. I, one I I like they're 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 giving a platform for artists to kind of get their work out there, and it was just fun to see like different stories. And even if you know the things wouldn't probably be as fleshed out as they would be with more of a budget, like the concepts were all good, and I'd mm-hmm. like you know I'd like to see more of them. I would go to more of those when we, if we go back next year. One thing I got to, while you guys were going to that, I went and saw uh, Christopher Sabat. And, uh, Is it Sabat or Sabat? It's Sabat. Okay. I learned there. <laughs> uh, Damian Lewis, who voices Cell, and I can't remember her name, the voice of Bulma. Um, and it was it was much better than the Dragon Ball Z one we went to last year, mostly because it was, it was a lot of fan questions, and a lot of people asked really good questions of them. Well, that's a rarity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. but That is such a rarity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said a lot. I didn't say all of them were good <laughs> questions. There were some strong ones. But again, it's kind of the same thing with the, the Batman the Animated Series one is those people didn't run away from the characters they play. You know, sometimes I feel like no one's asking you to go in the voice, but you know that's what people want right. to hear. So, and, and of course, like Chris Abbott really only has like two voices that he just does 900 times yep. in different shows. So he, you know... And they're not even that different. No, they're not. So, yeah, he talked a lot about, you know, in his Vegeta voice about certain things. And uh, it it was very good. They they did a lot about the new Broly movie, which, if you haven't seen, is is very good. It's one of the best things I think Dragon Ball Z has put out in a long time. But what else? I don't feel like we're... Oh! Probably the biggest thing, yep. and unfortunately, we lost it. Well, <laughs> we're, we're, we're <laughs> yeah, this we'll, is a very real phonies thing. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll share a little bit more with you later, but throughout the con, we were, we were you know, walking around talking to people about their different fandoms, about things that they were excited about, uh, and one of the people we got to interview was a Star Wars writer, Christian. Yeah, so uh, author by the name of Timothy Zahn, who famously wrote the Thrawn trilogy, um, the, the really cool thing about this guy was he was the first person to really write star wars 
post George Lucas. Um, once Return of the Jedi had ended, it had been a few years. Lucasfilm had teamed up with a book publishing company, decided to write some books. And the first one was a book called Air of the Empire, written by Timothy Zahn. Uh, we had the opportunity to talk to him. Uh, I apparently did not know how to use the recorder at the time. And <laughs> it's a new technology. Didn't record it. Um, but he answers. He had some really great answers to questions. But the thing that really struck with me and hurt you, I, I texted the group about what we should ask him. And her had a great question about Star Wars was basically dead. Yeah, between like after after Return of the Jedi, there was a little trickle over the next year, but then everything went away. The Marvel comic got canceled. They stopped making the toys and. Between that and Heir to the Empire, you know, Star Wars was deader than fucking mm-hmm. disco, you know? And um, and by the way, I, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I, I, I threw a little Pulp Fiction paraphrasing <laughs> in there for the question for you. I was hoping yeah. you guys catch that. Got that. But anyways, we'll never know because the thing was lost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but anyways, uh, um, but yeah, and then that Dawn book happened, and I can remember exactly seeing it for the first time, buying it, reading it. And, you know, it was the first Star Wars thing you'd really seen in a while. After that, everything started coming back. And I always wondered whether that was just the first salvo and a concerted effort to bring back Star Wars stuff, or if the success of that is what brought back toys and comics. So his answer was essentially that the plan was three books. Right. That, that was really it. That they, they knew that... There was at least a confidence in Lucasfilm that there was a market out there for Star Wars, but it was going to need the right thing to kind of launch it. And in, 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 I mean, very humbly, he's like, I, they didn't know it was going to be this thing, right. but it, it turns out, of course, that it was. And so they write the first three books, and then, of course, Heir of the Empire is a huge hit, and the rest of the Thrawn trilogy is very popular. Um, and after that, they becomes a 22-book deal. Right. And just a bunch of stuff then starts getting pushed out. The other really great thing that he talked about that I think ties into that is he talked about, I asked the question of of what it's like to basically create all of this stuff and for an outside source, Disney in this case, come in and be like, none of that stuff's legitimate anymore. And his response essentially was, that was going to happen anyway. Like anyone who wrote Star Wars after Return of the Jedi knew, whether it be George or somebody else, right. someone was going to come in and say, this isn't real anymore. Well, mm. because there was always the mandate you could do anything in those books except kill Han, Luke, or Leia. So they knew, no matter what George Luke was saying, yeah. he knew there was going to be more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, he, he referred to it basically as like King Arthur. He's like, you know, do we know if King Arthur's a real person? No. And are there a million different stories about King Arthur? Of course. Why can't we treat Luke Skywalker the same way? That's a that's a great fucking attitude. Yeah, yeah. really, yeah. really awesome attitude. Um, I mean, when you think about the guy created Coruscant, you know, which is a thing that, right. you know, George uses in the prequels. Yep. He created Thrawn, which he, he talked about Dave Filoni was really the guy who was in charge of that, that the era of the Empire was a big influence on him. He wanted to include it in Star Wars Rebels. Um, things in, like, Last Jedi. I know... You know, as divisive as Last Jedi is, it's honestly probably the truest to Heir to the Empire of the the two new ones mm-hmm. we have. I just recently reread Heir of the Empire. I sitting here talking to Timothy Zahn. I, I had to buy a book and have him sign it. I have an old copy of it somewhere, but I didn't feel like digging it up. Um, and then the new one I have, he has notes written in the in the book, like why he did these things and and oh, wow. uh, yeah, cool. it's really interesting. That's really awesome. Yeah. Um, but you know he had such a huge influence. Oh, the reason I like the last Jedi, like Kylo Ren, or Snoke's ship uh, is a dreadnought class. Thrawn's ship was a dreadnought class right, ship. Like yeah. there's a there's a lot of his influences all over Star yeah. Wars as we know it. And so just sitting here and talking to this guy and hear him talk about Luke and Leia and Han and Lando. I mean, just a real cool experience. He, the, he really in those books got the voices of the characters down right. Oh, like, absolutely. It didn't seem like. A different thing. It seemed like you were really this was this was the next chapter with those things. I I still have those books in a prominent spot on my bookshelf. You know they uh, and he's written new ones. He's written yeah. one in the new Disney yeah, continuity. Sure. So yeah, I think it's cool. Like I, I haven't read the books, but like it seems that's the only expanded universe thing they brought back in. Oh, it's his stuff, really. Yeah, like only his stuff out of everything that's been published. There's a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? You know, his is the one they've thrown. This is good enough to like be mainline Star Wars for Disney, which is pretty cool. The 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 biggest the the other thing that people want to bring back is Mara Jade, and again, that's a character of his creation. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
So it was very cool. I, I wish we had the recording, but <laughs> I also don't mind hearing the sound of my own voice retelling it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought we did a couple other interviews. Is there any other interviews that you remember? I thought the Kylo Ren guy. Yeah, the Kylo Ren. The, the, I, he looked just like Kylo Ren. Adam Driver. You can yeah. find him on our Instagram page. Yeah, apologies to that Real guy. We, we interviewed him outside, and it was a windy day, so we will probably not be publishing There's that There's also one. a very loud band in the background yeah. the whole time. Well, but, you guys know which interview I'm most interested in. Wyatt yeah. Summers. You yeah, know. the Joker. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I've brought up Wyatt multiple times on this uh, on this thing. He's a dude I like, and I'm glad he's doing well. <laughs> yeah, he said we told him he may listen, but yeah, we were talking to him about the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie. He seemed to be into it, so I don't know. We basically were just walking around talking to people in their costumes about the movies related to those costumes. Yeah, and kind of getting opinions on stuff coming out. And, um, yeah, so you guys wait and see. I think some of it should be interesting. Yeah. Whatever we can translate and hear audibly. I and did also get to talk to, I believe her name's Claudia Gray. She wrote the new Leia book. Um, and not much, but she she did talk about how it was really cool to come in and write for a character that, as popular as she is, we have almost no backstory for Yeah, absolutely. Her. And that was a, it was a really cool perspective because uh, you don't really... you I appreciate Leia so much for what you get in the films... That you don't really think about how little there is. There's a little bit of her in the Ahsoka novel, yeah, yeah. but so who were like the celebrities at this at this one? I don't even know. Shatner. Shatner. Oh, was Shatner the big was one. there. Yeah, yeah. shit. Yeah. Awesome. Shatner. Kevin Conroy. I mean, Kevin, Kevin Conroy, Conroy was a, was a right. big one. Right. Uh, Commander Riker. Oh, cool. Right on. William Frakes. Donna Noble. What's her name? She was on The Office. Yeah. She was on Doctor Who. She had her own show on the BBC. Yeah, I just, I hadn't heard who was in this one. Like, everyone before this, I've all, so it's weird I didn't hear Shatner was yeah. going to be here. That's dope. We actually, Joseph and I went to dinner with our wives at the Fish House. We've done it two years in a row now. Oddly enough, sat at the exact same table yep. two years in a mm-hmm. row. And Jonathan Frakes was at the table behind us. That's dope. Yeah. But, but here's what I really want to know. Oh, Gimli As, was there. Uh, Jonathan That's Rance right. Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as a soap opera super fan, was Jonathan Frakes' wife with him? I don't think so. Damn it! <laughs> I, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd geek out for Jeannie Francis. I didn't know they were married. Yeah, they are. Well, I don't know if they still are. <laughs> uh, they may not be. You know, Hollywood and all yeah, that. Yeah. But yeah, they were married for a while. And Catherine Tate. Catherine Tate. Uh, the ones I'm most interested in are who are the like not famous, famous celebrities because I'm trying to figure out which ones people we know tried to bone. <laughs> you know, you know. Yeah, I thought it was. Oh yeah, what the other the other guy that I wanted was it? Is it Jeremy Davies, the guy from Lost? Yeah, yeah, and, Jeremy uh, Davies and was Justified. There. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was there. Yeah, he was there oh, too. I like that guy a lot. I do too. Have you ever watched a movie with him called Spanking the Monkey? No, do not. <laughs> it is disturbing. It's a good movie. Very disturbing. It sounds uncomfortable. <laughs> um, they next they announced some 2019 guests: Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake the Snake is still alive? Uh, you know. A uh, guy from Super Troopers. They're, they must be. John Glover is coming back. from, But he's got listed as Smallville because he was in the yeah, Batman. Yeah. I think they realized that he should go on a real panel and not an animated series panel. Um, um, but yeah. I, the, what, the one thing that did make me upset about John Glover is he has three DC credits to his name, and they never talk about it. He is both Lionel Luther in Smallville. He is the Riddler in Batman the Animated Series, and he's the crazy guy who made Bane in Batman and Robin. Oh, I'm pretty right sure on. they did mention that did in, the, yeah, in, yeah. in the panel. Um, I'm most excited about Jake the Snake Roberts because a friend of mine's dad claims to have backed down Jake the Snake in the bar, so maybe we can set up that rematch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's some more. Pete, Peter Davidson, uh, Jonathan Rise davies Ricky Whittle. These are the featured guests. So. That came this year. No, 2019 is what it's saying. Oh, this, this is 2019. Yeah, so I'm looking at last year. Ignore that. Cut that. <laughs> leave that in. That's no, on, definitely leave that. That's it. on brand. Yeah. But the other thing we did is we walked around and interviewed a bunch of the guests, uh, and we recorded some of that. So I think that's what's next. Yeah, so. absolutely. We tried to, to talk to a couple people who were dressed up, um, and and we got a lot of very very nice, thoughtful people. Who had a uh, you know a lot of a genuine opinions about their the their best fandom. part of cosplay is they tell you what they're into exactly yep. um, so yeah we're gonna share a couple of those with you after now. right now local podcast uh, real phonies it's on iTunes yeah. and we're just doing like a, a Comic Con kind of reaction episode um so the Oscars are tonight what what did you first you know what's your real name I love your Black Panther outfit you look awesome. 
Nice. Uh, my name is Aaron Crawford, actually. Okay. Do you have you cosplayed as Black Panther before? Um, actually, this is the first con that I actually did Black Panther. I was originally going to do it at MegaCon, but end up doing Green Lantern and Snake Eyes. But I'm glad that I'm actually doing it now, and you know, getting more into the um, MCU characters as well too. So, yeah. um, what do you think of the Black Panther movie? Um, did you think that I, obviously it's my favorite movie I think ever? I mean, what was your initial thoughts on it? So my initial thoughts, of course, as being you know, not to make this whole racial, but you know, having a representation of you know black superheroes. Don't get me wrong, um, Blade was the first one in the act live action series that. Um, not serious, yeah, Trinity, actually, um, that I love because it opened that door, and I believe that paved the way for Black Panther. So, um, and then on top of that, just the culture that's blended, that is not just one specific country in Africa, but it's multiple countries. And you can see that through Ruth Carter's designs and even the music uh, with Ludwig and a couple of other people as well, too. Um, a samba playing the talking drum that signifies T'Challa's entrance, you know. So, yeah, it's pretty dope. I, I, like I said, I enjoyed the movie. It showed a lot of representation, but also just even with Marvel and Disney period, the, um, the meaning behind it, like any Disney movie, let's say even with Little Mermaid or anything, like it has some significant meaning. So yeah, I, you know, I love it. And the funny thing is with Killmonger and Nakia, they both had the same idea of making Wakanda a open, you know, society. Exactly. However, even though I know the hashtag Killmonger was right, maybe Killmonger was right, you know, but in a sense, he was right. I mean, I, I totally agree with him. And same thing with Nakia, but how he done it to, you know, try to get it to be, you know, prevalent, I would say that if he did it the wrong way. But his ways, his intentions of how it was, and then, of course, I would say that the reason why he did it the wrong way was because there was also some hurt, back hurt of his father being... You know, pass away. I think Outsider. me and my friend, exactly. Um, his friend, even my friends, we were talking about it. We were like, so why is Killmonger this? I was like, well, you have to realize that his father was killed by his brother. So regardless if T'Challa is, you know, trying to befriend him and trying to make alliances with him, Killmonger still sees his, see, um, his uncle as the murderer through his son of T'Challa. So, you know, it was that whole mix up. And then, of course, there's no spoilers of probably what's going to happen next because we already know you know, Killmonger's coming back for the next one. So, yep. however, we don't know. But, yeah. I, yeah. And I also agree, like, there are so many outstanding characters, like Shuri, Letito Wright, um, M'Baku um, by Winston Duke. I mean, it's just so many great characters. Yeah, Letitia Wright, uh, definitely, you know, Woman Crush Wednesday. Um, <laughs> you know, let's just say that. Um, but, yeah, like, and everybody else, I mean, even the Jabati tribe, I met actually... Um, two people from the actual movie it was this guy that was on the border tribe i'm actually good friends with him rashad um smith and then there's also uh jabardi um at mex uh, he's actually south african he was the one that was coordinating so like where warrior falls and actually throughout the movie he was the choreographer and the he's an african drummer out of boston i mean just the inside of what they have of this movie because they're like the focal point of making this movie because he called me he was like well called me and uh, we were talking i was getting jumbe uh jimbe lessons because i'm a drummer and he was like you know i was pretty much he said like, i didn't i wasn't in the movie per se but he said i was definitely the ones to give like the yes no you know my bless if my blessing wasn't on it then it was like no it's not happening in this movie so you know having that you know that having that african experience and you know growing up in south africa really helped the movie prolong the way because you know how hollywood is they'll take it make it into like something that's like oh yeah we need this we need that but then not staying true to the original the exactly losing the vision of what it meant and then also trying to incorporate it into the mcu which is definitely difficult but you know i'm glad everything came together you know with the, with the oscars tonight and obviously it's nominated for best picture do you think it has a real shot? And would you say, do you feel like, like we've discussed on our podcast prior, we think like Michael B. Jordan was kind of a snub. Like he should have been Best Supporting Actor nominee at least. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, like I said, um, you know, keeping the racial comments, you know. But, um, you know, I would say that, yes, we, we have a chance at doing it. And I, I, and I totally believe that, yes, we'll win in a category or win in multiple categories. But at the same time, I don't take it as a loss that if we don't, because I rather reach millions of people through my acting or through my talents and everybody, you know, everybody's walking around like little mini Black Panthers, you know what I'm saying? 
instead of you know getting up there and oh this looked like it was an okay movie but yet it wins an Oscar you know what I'm saying I'd rather reach people embrace um, a culture and impact a culture versus winning an award I've never I don't think I've met a movie in the last 10 years has left an impact on on so many people on such a positive way I mean like I said it's it's just an amazing movie. Yes. I mean, if you look at Intro to Spider-Verse as well, too, like, that was, it, if you look at the Academy Awards, that was the first Marvel um, animated movie that won, you know, like, for, I would say for Marvel, period, that's a big win. I mean, because if you look at it, we're all, regardless if we're MCU, regardless if we're DC or anything, like, the fact that these comic book movies are coming to the forefront and winning awards, I mean, that was a struggle in itself. You know, so yeah, I'm I'm totally psyched. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean those are great, yeah, great things. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm here talking to Ariel. What's what's your real name? You have an amazing cosplay, by the way, to start off. Thank you. My real name is Cat Caraway. I'm at Her Majesty Cat on Instagram, and I actually own what's called Once Upon a Time Parties in Mobile, Alabama. We do pretty much all the princesses for birthday parties and different events. So me and my manager actually came. She is Merida today, Katie Herndon, and she's actually at Princess Katie Cosplay on Instagram. But we have a lot of fun doing what we do. So it's our first con. Okay. Awesome. So you do a bunch of different princesses then. Okay, what's your favorite one if you had to pick one? That's a really tough question, actually, because a lot of them are my favorites for different reasons. Sometimes it's the personality that makes me favor a character, and sometimes it's just the costume and the way that they present themselves. So I'd probably have to say maybe Ariel or Princess Anna just because their their attitudes, as well as Rapunzel, they have just such fun-loving, like, adventurous attitudes, and they're so much fun. So How have you felt about the, um, like, live-action versions of, of these characters that we've seen on screen so far? Well, you know, I'm not going to lie. Whenever they released that they were having the live-action come out, I was kind of like, please don't do it. Don't ruin the, don't ruin what we already know to be, you know, these characters. But, you know, like they said in the q and I don't know if you guys were able to listen to any of that, but they were talking about pretty much the same thing, how they pretty much stick true to what the story is about but adding their own twist and it's pretty interesting to see a different telling of a story seeing it in real life and just seeing how the animators come up with you know not necessarily the animation but with you know all this magic that they're trying to put into live action so it actually truly is really amazing to see what they're doing with it have you any thoughts on the have you seen the trailer for the new aladdin any thoughts on the new jasmine anything like Yes, yes, I do. I have actually had a lot of people ask me if I'm getting the new Jasmine costume, which we just upgraded to the new Disney Parks Jasmine costume. So we probably won't be getting ourselves a new one, but I'm very excited to see what they do with it, especially having Will Smith being the, the genie. So um, I'm really, really excited to see that. Really interested. Of the properties we haven't seen yet make that switch, what is one that you would like to see? I'm going to guess Little Mermaid, but... I honestly would like to see The Little Mermaid. However, I, this may be an unpopular opinion, but a lot of people saying um, that like Zendaya would be a great Little Mermaid. I'm not very fond of that. I do love Zendaya, but maybe not. Like, you know, again, I'm just like, please don't ruin the character I already have in my mind. And then a lot of people are saying Lindsay Lohan too. And I don't know how I feel about that. She's saying that she wants to be the new Ariel. And I'm like, please don't. Um, like, love yes, parent trap. And you kind of want a little crazy. Britney Spears there for a second. But I'm very excited to see something like that. I would definitely love to see that. I would actually love to see a real life Rapunzel. That yeah. would be really challenging, I think. But I think it would be kind of like how they did the Beauty and the Beast, just the way that they added the CGI and things like that. I'm really interested to see something like that. One more, and I'll thank you for your time. We'll get you out of here. Any thoughts? I know they cast the Mulans coming up. Is, is that one? That's my favorite Disney song ever is Make a Man Out of You, so I'm very yes. excited about that. Any okay. thoughts? Now, the only thing, I don't know if you know this, but I have heard that they're actually not doing singing. They've taken Lee Shang out, and I think Mushu will not be making an appearance either. And I was like, what? really? The three things that make Mulan Mulan <laughs> besides her saving all of China? Yeah. But um, I, I'm, again, excited to see where they go with it. I'm really excited to see how they make it into a live action. Um, you know, I really hope that they, you know, get back into the battling that they do and things like that. But I, I'm really excited for it. I'm very interested. And I know they're taking a lot of time to work on it, too. So hopefully they kind of blow us out of the water with it. So I'm Christian. I'm at Pensacon 2019 uh, here with an excellent Jester cosplay. <laughs> what's, your, what, what's your real name? Um, my real name is Riley Bollier. Nice to meet you. Uh, really impressed. Uh, again, I, I told you earlier, only critical role I've seen so far here. It's excellent. Uh so you're watching Campaign 2 now? Did you watch all of Vox Machina? Um, no. I started on Campaign 2 because I was a bit intimidated by the sheer volume in Vox Machina. But I'm getting back. I'm, I'm going to get back to it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, you're dressed as Jester, but i got to ask, is Jester your favorite in the show? 
Um, I really like Caleb, but I think Jester's probably my favorite, yeah. Caleb gets a little depressing at some times. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Jester's at least bright and cheery all the time. Uh, so how far are you in, in uh, old Mighty Nine? Um, let's see. I think I, I'm, they're about to meet the gentleman, I think. Cool, cool. So pretty early days, yeah. ways to go. But that's um, awesome. I love your outfit. It's probably the best Obi-Wan I've seen here. Um, how did you st what's first, what's your name, and how did you start get into cosplaying? Sean McMillan, um, just a couple years ago, I had wanted to make Obi-Wan a tunic and robes, and I used to be real fat, and that was kind of part of my motivation to get skinny, and so I, you know, made myself drop like 80 pounds. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. And then on the way down, I was like, all right, I'm going to make the robes, you know. Are you, are you an Alex Guinness, Obi-Wan, or a Ewan McGregor? Ewan McGregor. 100%. I've, there's been a lot of rumors in the, over the last few years about an Ewan McGregor spin-off movie. If they did something like that, what would you like to see? Anything, any like story? Like I heard it maybe take place on Tatooine, or would you like it later? Any any thoughts? I want to I want to make sure his balls don't get cut off. <laughs> um, and then if it was on I'd, something from during the Clone Wars, I don't. Yeah, I don't really want to see a disheveled old man in a hut on Tatooine. Any thoughts on the new trilogy? I mean, are you a fan, or like as far as Force Awakens and Last Jedi? I like the Force Awakens. Okay, I can identify that it's like a, it's just a, a copy, cut, paste yep. of, uh, new of, of of a New Hope. Yep. But I went to go see the Last Jedi opening night, and I almost walked out. Uh, the guy next to me, whenever the um, the Mary Poppins scene, the guy pulled out a flask and started fucking hitting it. <laughs> like this isn't a joke. Like he did it. So. Story, man. I'm glad they're bringing JJ back. I'm hoping they can salvage it. But yeah, Ryan Johnson just—he—he—he's he, he, supposedly going to do a trilogy on his own. Do you think that's going to happen or no? Fuck no. <laughs> when you lose people money, typically you don't get to go very far. I, I really think the deadline is seeing if there's any effect when Episode Nine comes out. If Episode 9, they see a decrease in money, that'll be it for Ryan Johnson. Yeah, I'll go see Episode 9 just because I don't necessarily want to see Star Wars die. But if I go there and it's bad, it's, you know, the, the cow's out of milk. Stop doing it. How do you feel about the movies that have existed outside of the Skywalker series, so Solo and Rogue One? Uh, I thought Rogue One was okay, but I wasn't like, ooh, it's my favorite movie. Like, visually it was good. Story-wise, it was kind of a little weak. And then I never saw Solo. Yeah. I was I was I was part of that thing. I felt so fucking backstabbed by how bad the last Jedi was. I wanted the message to hit. Yeah. Allegedly it was decent, but I was I wanted I wanted to I my thing was until like we get something good, I'm not gonna bother with it. Yeah. You didn't miss much. But I like so yeah, much. Yeah, Ian here with real phonies talking to Frozone and your costume is amazing. What's Thanks, what's your real name? Dan. Dan, Dan the Spider Man is my Instagram. Okay. Awesome. Um, is this your first time cosplaying as Frozone? Have you have you done it before? I have done it once before. I recently got the suit after Incredibles 2 came out because, and honestly, I wanted to do a lot of uh, African American superheroes for Pentacon because it's Black History Month as well. So I've been doing Cyborg, Black Panther, Black Lightning, Frozone, and Miles Morales Spider-Man. Wow, that's a ton, man. Are all those on your Instagram page? Yeah, and I actually have the Black Panther helmet right there. Awesome, man. Awesome. Would you like to see? I've heard rumors of a Frozone movie. Yes. What do you think? Do you think? Do you think that I, I would be so into that? Because he's. I think he's the standout character of the. Other than him and Jack Jack are my two favorites of the movie. What do you? Any thoughts on Frozone? A spinoff? Uh, yeah, I definitely love to see it. He's a token black guy, so he has to stand out for one. <laughs> um, like apparently his son would have like earth powers. Kid have water and fire, and like it, it, it's awesome. It's gonna be great. But like I, I'm really excited for that to happen because one. I get to go to the movies dressed up as this and get paid for it. <laughs> so, uh, two, love to see a different, another movie like that, another Incredibles with one centered around a certain character. For sure. For sure. You talk about cosplaying as different, you know, African American characters, stuff like that. Is there one that we haven't seen in film that you would like to see, like maybe John Stewart or something along those lines? Yes. Um, I'd actually love to see Steel yep. in a remade in a remade version. A good one. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Black Lightning as well. Yeah. Luke Cage from a full-length movie. That would be awesome. And I want them to bring back Blade. Who would you, who would be your dream choice to cast as Blade? Wesley Snipes. Like bring, bring him back. Honestly, back. like yeah. there's no reason they shouldn't. I, I, I think Michael B. Jordan could do it too. I, you know, I, I, he's he's. I want to see him as Superman. 
Oh, yeah. Earth, I would with, Earth 2 Superman would be great. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a fan of Marshall Ali as Blade, I think is who my dream choice would be. But yep. um, Yeah, I mean, I guess my only last question, you said you cosplay as Black Panther with the Oscars tonight. Do you think uh, Black Panther has a really good shot of taking home Best Picture? Oh, definitely. Definitely, without without a doubt. Like, it was the best superhero film of that year. I've never seen... I, I get paid to come out to, to a movie theater to dress up as a character, to cosplay a character, and take pictures with everybody to get more hype for the movie. I had never seen that many people in one theater for that movie. And, like, it brought everybody out. So it, it, was, um, it was amazing. Like, it, it wasn't centered for one audience. It was for everybody. Yeah. Well, it was, certainly was important enough for everyone to see, I think. But... Of course, of course. So I'm here with, what's your name, ma'am? Brennan Beckwith. And she has a YouTube channel that is? My YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Brennan Beckwith. I make uh, nerd and geek culture themed content. Have you, is this your first comic Pensacon or have you been here before? It's my first, it's not my first con ever, but it definitely is my first Pensacon. Um, it's my first time cosplaying for real. Like I'm dressed as a Negasonic Teenage Warhead right now. Um, and I've always been a nerd and I've always been like a geek and into like superheroes and stuff like that, but I've never gone to a con and like actually like did it all, did you know? Yeah, deal. like did the whole deal. And yeah. so I'm like experiencing it, I'm making a video about it, and like, yeah, I'm having a good time. One thing that I personally love about conventions, uh, and I would like to hear your opinion on, is like it seems as soon as you arrive and you're like standing in line, it's just like a society that embraces like whoever you are, whatever you are, whatever you're into, yeah. it's very welcoming. Do you have a similar experience? Oh yeah, for sure. It's so cool to see, especially like open cons like this, who like, they don't have like a necessarily like a theme. Um, like you just see all kinds of people. Sure. Um, like you see your Marvel people, you see your anime people, you see your furries, your you Harry see Potter. every, your Harry yeah. Potter, you yeah. see everybody. And so it's so cool to watch that like it's converge like it's like a melting it's pot, like a melting pot like, for sure for sure yeah. and it's just awesome to see it all come together and like it's almost like a camaraderie that you don't really get a lot um so negasonic teenage um warhead <laughs> now i know she was in deadpool yes. were you familiar with her before because from what i read they changed her powers for the movie for the ego swap uh, in guardians of the galaxy to use ego and i don't know I if I don't know the most about her comic book history. I know a lot about her movie. Um, I love her in the movies. I was introduced to her through the movies. Um, but I know that like a lot changed from comic to movie, which is very common. Um, and But I do know that in the comic she was um, LGBT and they added that into the movie, uh, the second movie, which is my favorite thing about her because like she is the only queer representation in Marvel or in superhero films in general and I think that's super important and like is groundbreaking and super exciting Your cosplay is awesome and thank, thank you, you for thank your you time. So yeah, definitely And that is youtube.com slash Brennan Beckwith B-R-E-N-N-E-N-B-E-C-K-W-I-T-H uh, Thank you for talking to me and I'll yeah. check out your So podcast. what's your name and I, and I love your outfit your dress is the anime Harley Quinn uh, I am Virginia Burton um, so, yeah, we're just kind of getting reactions of Pentagon people kind of talking about their outfits. What do you think of Harley Quinn and Suicide Squad? Were you happy with that? what they did with the character? Uh, yes, actually. I have the tattoo on my arm, and then I have the Lucky You tattoo she has in the movie as well. Um, people are like, why don't you just get the temporary tattoos? Like, well, at $20 a piece, I could just get the real one for about the same price of, what, six of them? Or maybe less. But just get the real one and not have to worry about it. Obviously, you have a love for the character of Harley Quinn. Like, where did that come from? Where did it start? Uh, the animated series, Harley. I love how crazy she is. She's like, I don't know, there's something about her personality that really rings with me just because I feel, it makes me feel, me feel less crazy um, because she's so out there and doesn't really care, like, what people think about her and when I was younger back in high school I had really bad anxiety I cared a lot about what people thought about yeah. me but kind of getting to connect with the character of Harley and seeing how she acts kind of helped me realize like you don't have to really impress people just be you and that, that your people, people will if people nice people will accept it most people are good yeah. so you don't have to pretend to be who you're not though being able to be at a convention 
and dress up and pretend to be somebody else helps you break through that barrier so you kind of get rid of your anxiety through cosplay, through getting out there, being a character, talking to people, eventually that just becomes part of you. So those were great interviews. Thank you. So thank you to everyone who uh, who took the time to to chat with us and share your opinions. We really appreciate it. And you had great perspectives. Absolutely, and they were valued. Even though Nips was too scared to talk to any of you, I am. I'm, I, <laughs> if I anything just, we learned that Joseph suffers from I imposter just, syndrome, I yeah. do. I just I don't feel like I come across as likable. Well, I mean that's very self aware. Yeah. You don't come across. <laughs> that's as what I'm saying. <laughs> most of our most of our listeners probably would agree. I'm not sure that I should be the face of our podcast. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I do the edit work. I remember a time where trying to talk people into no, Joseph's a cool guy was like my main <laughs> hobby. So, like, yeah, Joseph's our editor. You know, back of the house. That's you know, yeah, yeah. we learned that he doesn't like to talk to people. I, I will say most of the things you guys listen to come from. On day three of the con because the the first day was just me and Reagan begging Timothy Zahn to do shit on the podcast that didn't even end up on the podcast, <laughs> and then day two was us just figuring out how to go up to strangers and ask questions and how to yep. figure out the recorder, and how to use the recorder. But by day three, damn it, we, we, we got it. Yeah, we, we were professionals. It. Next we year, next year, I think we can do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll be better. So. So hang with us, and we're going to do <laughs> just, just this is 51 gr- more weeks. Yeah. This is growth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, so uh, I think that's it for Pensacon 2019. Until next year when we are super pros, uh, what have you been watching this past week? Let me start. Anywhere, anywhere um, you want. So, yeah, I finished Band of Brothers, and the back half is even better than the first half, dude. Uh, the two episodes where they're in the Bastogne Woods, and they're, like, freezing... And the one's a Donnie Wahlberg-centric episode, and one's like a Medic-centric episode. Just fucking great television. Yeah. Like, five-star. And then, like, I didn't realize Jimmy Fallon pops up in there, Colin Hanks, like, just, you know, Damian Lewis as Dick Winters. Like, now that I'm I'm through it, I know all the characters' names, I want to go back and watch it from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you really, like, they were such a close unit. And, like, I want to know those characters from the beginning again, because I lost a lot of that. You know what I mean? Yep. But it's it's really really well done. Um, Did you start the Pacific? No, I just finished it last night. So I think Pacific's next. But everyone's been telling me Pacific's like a it's not as good. a step down. So yeah. I'm I'm tempering expectations. I finished beating Resident Evil Two on Xbox One. Dope game. I'd recommend it if anyone hasn't played it. Um, and then I just watched the USS Callister with my parents because they're blown through Black Mirror like two hours before I got here. Meth Damon is a very good villain in that movie. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's great. Yeah, like, Meth Damon really does a good job. That's We prob- should learn that guy's real name. Yeah. Jesse, Jesse not, Plemons. No, yeah. Jesse Plemons. Yeah. I, know, I know his real name, but he's Meth Damon. The thing is, he's, that guy's been really good at being not likable. Yeah. Even, yeah. even yeah. like Fargo He's like Joseph. Where, yeah. 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 He is. Breaking yeah, I would pick him to play Joseph in the movie. Yeah, no. he sort of tortures Jesse. But like, even in even in like um, in, in like Fargo, where he wasn't really a bad guy, you just immediately dislike yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Because he looks like Matt Damon on Meth. Yeah. Like, yeah. He really does. Uh, Isn't but, he married to Kirsten Dunst, though? Yep. They met on Fargo. What? Yeah, I know, right? right? Yep. True story. But yeah, I, that's my favorite Black Mirror. I hope they make a <laughs> sequel. Yeah. Kirsten Dunst, I mean, Jet, you know, Matt Damon, you did well for yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You're batting above your level. Uh, that, and that's it. I didn't watch much this week I, because I tried to power through Air of the Empire for an interview that you know, apparently doesn't exist. Uh, you did a great job of summarizing thanks. it. I did my best. I did, however, um, as we know, I've finished Critical Role. I'm up to date on Critical Role. I did start Deborah Ann Wool's D&D show called Relics and Rarities you, on Geek and Sundry. You are in deep. I am mm. D in deep. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's very different. It's kind of almost like a, an escape room mm. mixed with D&D. Like, it, they <clears throat> go to different place it like on the set they go to like different rooms and she like gives them magical items and they actually have like items they can you know use in the game it's it's very interactive she's a very good dm it's it's a much quicker game Hmm. than critical role is each one stands on its own each one's only about two hours long and uh it's it's very interesting i would i would highly recommend it i don't think i've watched anything else this week what's the what's the name of it again relics and rarities that's it. Uh, I also did not watch a lot this week. Um, uh, I was part of a band last night that did an ACDC cover show. Fun. That's it cool. Was, it was super fucking fun, but that took up most of my week getting prepped for that. Where was the show? Uh, it was at Chizuko. It was one of those things where it was for charity or a bunch of bands, or other bands, you know, like pretend to be other bands, and then, you know, they... 
whoever wins of the night gets to uh, donate the money that, from the door to their charity. Of their Did choice. you win? I honestly don't know. <laughs> like I, I don't. I haven't talked to those guys about this. I doubt it. I'm pretty sure whoever was the youngest probably won because mm. the youngest always have the most friends that they can drag out to a bar on Sunday night. Yeah. You know, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a good time. Uh, I had a good time at it. What was uh, the most fun ACDC song to play? Man, okay, here's the thing. Our set list was very contentious. <laughs> because <laughs> some of us were just guys who liked playing rock music and looking cool, and some of us were record collectors. Yes. And record collectors wanted to do the deep cuts mm-hmm. that are only going to apl- impress other record collectors. And I care less about it impressing a record collector than any human on earth <laughs> so it was hard to get the sit to where everybody was happy but i did get to play my personal favorite acdc song which weird after going on that whole rant is totally a uh, a deep record cut. collector yeah. deep cut called Riff Raff. but probably the most fun one is the one you'd think would be the most fun one you shook me all night long that was that was yeah, you know, yeah. everybody sung along yep. you know uh, it was pretty cool i have a i have a side story that's unrelated to this podcast okay. that i was trying to explain to my wife uh, what Thunderstruck was. Right. But I'm pretty sure she's never listened to an ACDC song before. <laughs> and so I started going, I was born in the middle. <laughs> and, and she looked genuinely disgusted really? with me. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I have a I have a difficult relationship with ACDC because as much as I enjoy the vocals and the guitar licks in them, it's all four on the floor the whole time. From See, the- I, that's my favorite part of it. This that- is... Dude, this sits in the pocket. This is, this is my favorite hurt rant I've <laughs> this ever is heard. My favorite, yeah. I, I, so I'm sure you've already heard this one too. But four four is the time signature of sex. Boom <laughs> crash, boom crash, in out, in out. Nobody's fucking to roto toms. <laughs> you know, like tell that to Phil Collins. <laughs> So, you know, I mean... I'm, I'm, I just want, also want to clarify. I'm pretty sure we had this exact conversation about six years ago. <laughs> oh, one of We probably did. did. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, we also did Thunderstruck, and it was super fun. Yeah. yeah um, uh, you know, you guys might be surprised about this, but I was not lead guitar. I was Malcolm. I was the rhythm guy. Nice. So I... Uh, which led a lot, had a lot more opportunities for me to jump around and act like an idiot. So yeah. that was good. Oh, and also, uh, I, I, I'll, I'll watch the a Reign of Superman. I like okay. it better than you did. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Is it so, better or worse than Transformers? I, oh, I definitely go better than Transformers. Really? I, I feel like, I feel like you don't understand the metric. Hurt but. is very sold okay. on better Man, than Transformers. I can't even get into this at the end of the podcast, but we're going to do this on another extra. The problem with the metric is you guys do not apply it correctly. You do not put it at 50. You put it at about like 65 and you put it at about like ninety three. <laughs> so wait, wait you, where do I put it? You you're you're 12. the closest okay. to being. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is like you're 13. probably more like forty five. Yeah. Well, no, you're forty five on the first week, and then it goes seventy five <laughs> on the third week. True story. That is Joseph. my favorite comic book story. I yeah. want to watch that. Um, I'm catching up on um, True Detective. I still haven't finished it yet, but I'm, I've only got two left. But I'm still liking it. It's one of those things where. It's not as I, I definitely uh, care. Uh, what is it, Corey Fukunaga? Carrie Fukunaga, yeah. the guy who's from the first season. That guy brought the visual flair, one hundred percent. Like it, it, that's not has not been present since no. the first season. Uh, and there's definitely not as nobody's got as flashy as a thing as um, Rusty. Matthew. Yeah, as Rusty. But I I feel like the performances as a whole are just so strong. Between Mahershala Ali, Stephen Dorff, Stephen Dorff, and Scoot McNary are so fucking yeah. good, it's outrageous. God, I, I know I've said it before, but Scoot McNary as a 1980s Midwestern oh, yeah. dad mm-hmm. is just perfect casting. Yeah, he rocks a mustache better than like anybody. It's so but good. like a trashy mustache, <laughs> yeah, the right I mean. way. Yeah, exactly. He, he's got the most like like alcoholic, insanely dad. <laughs> large mustache in Argo. And it just makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. I just got to the part where, I'm just on episode three, so I just got to the part where Steven Dorff in the 90s, hmm. and he and and I'm just really digging him in this, because I've literally never liked him in anything. Right? Yeah. And he's like drinking with the dog and shit. Right, yeah. yeah. I, um, I haven't seen him in anything since Blade, so. <laughs> right, well, I've, I've seen him in a few things. And yeah. he's, he's usually not likable, and usually he's playing to that. Yeah. But other times he's just not like. No, he's definitely the best guy in the show so yeah. far. Like I, on a moral level. <laughs> I tell you what I like about this. I like that you know they're copping the multiple time frames from the first one. Yep. But they're mixing it up by adding the memory loss thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I like that Mahershala Ali's like kind of an asshole. Like yeah. He's no, kind me too. of an alcoholic drunk. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And like 
it, he does it so well. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Again, the performances, I think, are the strength of this, even if the story isn't as compelling and there's not like it's not as flashy. But I'm still into it. I'm, I only got two episodes left. The wife and I watched the new season of The Dragon Prince, just like on blast and nothing else we watched. Uh, it's great. I really like it. I, it's, a, it's a show from the same people who did uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. It's another animated kids show with, with its heavy fantasy. I watched the first season before I did Critical Role. Now, after I've done that, I appreciate how fantasy it is yeah. even more because it's like, it's deep fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's fun. I mean, it's, it's super character driven. It's really sad for a kid's show. Like, it made me tear up several times. Um, but I, I recommend it. It's, it's a good time. Besides the tears. I did think of something else I watched. Yeah. If you're not done. Uh, I mean, I have one more thing. Go first. Um, <laughs> and then uh, and then Ian semi-talked me into a world that I wasn't prepared for. <laughs> I With my new PS4, I downloaded one of those uh, Battle Royale games. I did the new one, which is Apex Legends. And I am, am addicted to it. And I am super bad at it. <laughs> yep. I've I've played I don't know dozens of matches at this point, and have I may have kill killed yet? I may have killed like three people. <laughs> Doesn't it feel so good when you? Kill oh, it does. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> it's, it's enough to get me through like four or five other games. It's... Yeah, I've been playing longer than you, and I'm awful. Like, yeah, real bad. So that'll that'll go on for a while. I uh, I'm a few weeks behind, but I watched the Valentine's Day special of Big Mouth. I'm not sure about it. I also watched that. So. I, I still think Big Mouth is one of the like best shows on TV. Yeah. Season two kind of lost me a little bit, and this didn't do anything to get me Agreed. back on board. What, what is that show? Because here's literally the only thing I know about it. Somebody who I've given my Netflix password to is watching. I don't even know who I've given it <laughs> so to. So Big Mouth is a, about kids in puberty, and basically puberty is then humanized by a monster that follows them around. And uh, it just goes through, you know, these experiences everybody can relate to, yeah. right? In and a very it, it, vulgar way, right? It's, it's specifically like it's it's specifically targeting kind of the taboo aspects of yeah. puberty that everyone's embarrassed about, but is also like you know everyone experiences. A dude right. jacks off to a clock in it. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. That's not for me. Yeah. That does not, I don't even like the word puberty. <laughs> it's hilarious. I mean, the, the voice cast is incredible. Nick Kroll plays a bunch of people. John Mulaney is the other lead. Maya Rudolph yeah. is one of the hormone monsters. It's all comedians that you like. I do like Mulaney a lot, and I've warmed up to, warmed up to Nick Kroll. I used to fucking hate him. Have you guys... Un- God damn it, this is going to go on for fucking ever. Um, <laughs> have you guys seen their, bro- their two-man Broadway show, where they're just old men for no reason. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hello. Yeah. You have seen it? I, I've seen some of it. I okay, seen you, you, if you have it and you like those two guys, you should. Just yeah. because it's it's a play where I feel like they just decided, here's the things we think are funny, <laughs> right. and we don't give a fuck if you laugh yeah. or not. Either way, I guess it's better than Transformers. I'm not sure. I, I thought it was worse than Transformers. But it it like it just, yeah, it's just hard to say. It didn't win me over. I'm still going to keep watching. Yeah, it didn't same here. lose me, but... The missteps they took in season two have just kind of continued in, in that hour-long episode. Yeah. But that's it. All right. Um, so next week, there's Captain Marvel. I just realized, I keep forgetting yeah, that that's, that's fucking coming up. It like, came up in, really fast. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll get, we'll get to do our first fucking movie review in a long time. It's Spider-Man, I'm, I'm I'm really excited about it. Yeah. I haven't even done one. I wasn't here for Spider-Man, so it's been... Yeah, it's been yeah. a while. I don't even know. Uh, this so, isn't even that show to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So in the meantime, thank you guys for listening. Please rate, subscribe, tell your friends. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at betterthantransformers at gmail.com. We also have a contact form at realphonies.com where you can reach us, which is probably easier than remembering betterthantransformers at gmail.com, but I say that one first. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Real Phonies and on our new Instagram, which Christian's doing a great job on. Ian's helped a little bit. Um, At at, uh, Real underscore Phonies. Thanks again one more time to everyone that we interviewed and talked to at Pentacon. We really appreciate you taking your time to talk to us. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We enjoyed getting to talk to you. Uh, thanks to Zach Evans for and Brian Velasquez for our theme, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.